You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. And floor floors to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Standing by for your home improvement question at 1 888 Money Pit. Even if you don't have floorboards, it could be coast to coast and concrete floors to shingles. We don't care. <laughs> if you've got a problem in your house, you want to pick up the phone and call us at 888 Money Pit because we've got the solution. We're going to have some fun. We're going to come up with some solutions, some ideas to, to get you moving on those projects around your house. Maybe you're uh, reeling from those high energy bills you've paid for air conditioning all summer. Maybe uh, you uh, have this uh, panic attack that's about to set in when you think about the high heating bills that you'll pay all winter. Maybe you are uh, preparing your house to be cooped up in for the chillier months ahead. Maybe you want to tackle one more summer project. All of those are great reasons for you to pick up the phone and call us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. One of those questions could be, hey, what do I do when a big storm is forecasted in my area? How do I protect myself, protect my home, protect my family? We've got a guy coming up that can tell us exactly what to do. You know, most people, those of us there with half a brain, head for cover when a severe storm is forecasted. This guy, Simon Brewer, the meteorologist from the Weather Channel, well, he heads right into the storm. Simon's going to be here at the bottom of the hour and is going to teach all of us how to stay safe in the storm. I mean, the government uh, can only protect you so far when it comes to these storms. There's a lot that you have to do yourself. And Simon is the guy that's going to teach us how to do just that. Mm-hmm. And speaking of bureaucracy, did you know that the government actually has recommendations for how much insulation that you should have right now in your money pit? So we're going to have some tips that could help you save a bundle this coming heating season. And speaking of a bundle of money, it is back-to-school shopping time. Hooray! <laughs> we're going to tell you about some essential tools to pack in uh, with your child, especially if they're heading off to college, that will help you survive in those dorm rooms. Now, you know, you spend a lot of time in those dorm rooms if you got kids that are college-age uh, children. My son, very proud of him. He's going to be starting uh, up at a beautiful, prestigious New England school uh, in just uh, a couple of weeks now. And uh, that dorm room, pretty boring. So and pretty tiny. Gonna, and pretty tiny, too. <laughs> so we've got some tips on how to spruce up those dorm rooms, get them better organized, have them looking great, uh, at least for parents' weekend. Otherwise, you know... <laughs> They could put up with it. We've got some great ideas coming up in uh, just a bit. All right. And one lucky caller who makes it on the air with us this hour is going to save a ton on their next flooring project thanks to our friends at Lumber Liquidators. They will be getting a $250 gift certificate good for pretty much every kind of flooring that's out there because Lumber Liquidators sells it all. That would probably be enough money to put down a floor in a dorm room. In a dorm room. And you could take it up when you're done. Yes. Right? I mean, Do if a you use laminate. Floor? Just put you it down. The only gone. dorm room with a hardwood floor. Wall to wall hardwoods in your dorm room. That would That's be pretty, pretty cool. luxurious. 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now. Let's get to those phones. They're lighting up. Leslie, who's first? Joey in Texas. You've got the money pit. How can we help you today? 
Um, well, of course you caught me the minute the speaker on the train came on. <laughs> you know, home improvement waits for no person, Joey. What's going on? I uh, built the house about six years ago, and the upstairs toilets are now the weight of the toilet tank is now pressing back on the floor and has caused a dent in the floor so the toilets are unstable now. The chances are it's not the toilet nor the person sitting upon it. Chances are you may have a small leak under the toilet. Very very often what happens is there's a wax seal under the bowl. Right. And if you get a small leak in that wax seal, it's going to soften the floor underneath the toilet. One thing to check is to uh, take your foot and very gently press in the area around the bowl and see if it appears to be soft. If that's the case, you may have a very slight leak with enough water leaking out to uh, slightly decay the subfloor. And, and if that's the case, you need to take that toilet up and repair, replace any of the uh, damaged floor and then put a new wax seal and put it back together again. It's a, you know, it's a couple hour project, but that's more, most likely what's happening. We had actually taken the toilet off and okay. there is no leak. There is no um, leak, you took it off. Right, it's because we have two upstairs toilets, they're both doing the exact same thing. So it's just um, uneven? They, I, yeah, the back of the toilet, you know, where the tank is, is, is dented in in the back, and they're, they're actually tipped up in the front. Dented in. So where it sits on the floor, is it, is it solid where it sits on the floor, or does it rock on the floor? Uh, no, it rocks. Okay. Well, then what you need to do is shim it. And there are special yeah. plastic shims that are designed to go under toilets, and of course it's plastic because it's not going to rot, and... You cut those to fit, and what I would do is I would put a little dab of adhesive caulk once you figure out what size you need, and then put a little dab of adhesive caulk on it and use the plastic shims to uh, solidify that uh, attachment to the floor. You do not want to tighten the bowl down by tightening the, the bolts on the bottom because what will happen is you'll take one turn too many and you'll snap the bowl. And, and that's a bad thing. But the plastic shims are what most people use on an uneven floor surface like that. And just a couple of shims in the right place ought to make it stop rocking. Okay, so I don't need to have the whole floor replaced. No, 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 no. There's a much easier solution. Okay, thank okay. you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Now we've got David in Florida on the line who's looking to clean a roof. How can we help you? Well, um, actually, life was wonderful, and then we moved to Florida where there are too many homeowners associations. <laughs> okay. I guess you've been cited for something, huh, David? Uh, it, it, more than one thing, but, you know, one <laughs> of the things that is always annoying, not to mention the extent, is the issue of washing the mold, fungus, and or whatever off of the roof, which okay. in this particular is a concrete roll tile roof and so on and so forth. And it seems that all, when you call the roofing manufacturers, they're all recommending that you don't do anything. Once the roof is installed, you don't walk on it, you don't look at it, don't paint it, just leave it alone. And if you paint it, you can only paint it this color, don't even think about this other color, or because we're on you. What is the deal about that? Should roofs, and does it depend upon the type of roofing coating, like if you go to composite versus concrete shingle or actual clay tile, um, should those be pressure washed or not? Great question. Uh, will pressure washing a roof damage it? The answer is yes if you are too aggressive with it. It's okay to rinse your roof off. It's not okay to sort of blast uh, this uh, algae off. I would suggest that you uh, go to wetandforget.com. And take a look at this product. This product, once you apply it to the roof, it will start to degrade that algae 
and clean the roof on its own. There's a lot of photos uh, on the site, too, of before and after roofs uh, that have done very well with uh, just putting wet and forget on it. Literally, you wet it down, you forget it, walk away, and then you know, in the next couple of weeks, you're going to start see that algae just sort of die and fall off and not come back. Wow, that is really good because, you know, there have been a number of people that, you know, obviously do the pressure washing with their 4,000 PSI rotating, you know, whatever. Yeah, well, and they try to sell that to you, right? It's, it's kind of like, well, if, if this guy's only got a 2,000 PSI machine, we've got a 4,000 PSI machine. The thing is, it's, a, it's not, you know, how much muscle that you have. It's, it's the finesse. It's the touch. It's using chemistry to your uh, advantage. And that's why uh, you want to uh, use a product like Wet and Forget. And you may find that you'll use it on your sidewalks and on your siding, too. Listen, go buy enough of this stuff to try it out. See what happens and let us know how you make out. But uh, I used it on my house. It's been great. And give it some time. You're not going to see the results like the first day. You need like a couple of days, a week. And I mean, you know, if you go to the website, you'll see that they used it on the, you know, Sydney Opera House, on an aquarium in Florida, you know, places that were just completely dealing with humidity and moisture and mold growth. And, you know, to be honest, cleaning those surfaces were a giant pain in the you know what. So they applied it for the heck of it and it worked. Oh, excellent. Excellent. That sounds really good. Yeah, because the only other alternative we had in Another competitor who used to put, um, you know, the good old sodium hypochlorite all over the roof, which did get the algae, unfortunately, and also gets the plants below it. Yeah, right. Kills everything. And that doesn't actually kill the mold and stop it from coming back. Yes, it gets rid of it, but, you know, the spores are still there and they're going to grow back. All righty. Well, that sounds excellent. Thank you so much. I will call you back. Thank you so much. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, home improvement, college dorm room design questions. We're going to be hearing from your son very soon. <laughs> Whatever you are working on, we're here to give you a hand 24 hours a day, seven days a week at one eight 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 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Still ahead, having insulation is a no-brainer for your home, right? But how much do you need? That requires a little bit of brain work. We're going to hammer out the guidelines for saving the maximum amount of energy coming up next on The Money Pit. Good homes, better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT, especially if you're looking to spruce up your home with some new floors, because this hour we're giving away a $250 gift certificate from our pals at Lumber Liquidators. They've got great ideas for all kinds of flooring options and can help you spruce up your flooring space. Yeah, and you know, Lumber Liquidators, they've got brand name flooring for less. And the reason they can do that is because they cut out the middleman and buy all of their flooring options directly from the mill. And they offer choices in everything from hardwood, engineered wood, cork, bamboo, laminate, you name it, you can get it, and you can get it for a great price at Lumber Liquidators. So give us a call right now at 888 Money Pit for your chance to win that $250 gift certificate. 
888-666-3974. Well, we know it's still pretty darn warm out there, and the thought of going up into your attic might not seem like a very bright idea. However, adding attic insulation now can help you save money in the fall in the, and in the winter. You know, just like your body loses heat through your head, your home will lose heat through the attic. So if you want to do some attic insulation work, Wait for a chilly morning, a cool morning, and head up there and get it done now before it gets too cold because you'll get an immediate benefit from doing just that. Mm -hmm. And here are the recommendations because the folks at the EPA's Energy Star program, they recommend about 19 inches of insulation for most homes. Now, and I got to guarantee you that that's, that's definitely more than most people have. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? I'm sure some people have like four inches. Right, they change these recommendations all the time. And, and, and it's a good number mm -hmm. to have, 19 inches. So if you don't have it, that's what you need. Mm -hmm. That's a good base starting point. If you live in a colder climate, obviously you're going to need more. Now, insulation when you talk about measuring insulation, yes, we talk about the inches that are there, but it's really spoken in a term called R value. And the higher the R value, the better the insulation's ability to keep heated air from escaping your house, you know, thus keeping your home warmer and your energy bills lower. So to find out exactly how much insulation that you should have in your attic, you want to check out energystar.gov. All you have to do is answer a couple of questions about your home's heating system, the climate where you live, and Energy Star is going to calculate the right level of insulation for your part of the country, and then you can go ahead and add that to your house. Now, if you're in your attic and say you've already got insulation up to the top of those floor joists or the ceiling joists, however you want to look at it when you're in your attic, um, but the part that you would be standing on, if you're already filled up to that top of that joist, then go ahead and go perpendicular and do a layer on top just to help add it in there. It's not a difficult project. You can do it yourself, and you can see the results, pretty much your first heating bill. And that will do it. You'll be saving money right from the get-go with that home improvement project. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next? Daniel in Virginia is calling in with an ant situation and not the relative kind, the insect kind. What can we do for you? Well, I was uh, the, first off, my house is about ten years old. It's a split foyer um, that's sort of the basement part, sort of dug into a, uh, dug into the hill. And what I'm having is during the spring, summer, and fall, you know, going into fall kind of time frame, um, we're getting a lot of sugar ants inside, both in the kitchen and in the living room. And it seems like no matter what I do, they just keep coming back as clean as we keep it. You know, I'll spray outside, I'll spray inside, and I was wondering if there was any techniques or products or anything you guys might recommend to help to help me with this problem. Mm -hmm. um, the other sort of thing to factor into it, they do have two small children and two cats, so right. I'm sort of hesitant to put too much like killer on the inside. Mm -hmm. right. you know? And you know what? It's a good point because a lot of the over-the-counter pest control products, you know, people go nuts with those, and they basically are putting a lot of toxic pesticides uh, around All around house. your house. And that's why sometimes if it's a persistent problem like that, it's, you're much better off going to a pest control professional. Because, first of all, they're going to use the exact right product. There's no guessing involved. They're going to choose the right product. They're going to put it down in the right places, and they're going to put it down in the right amounts. And, well, you might think, well, you know, the over-the-counter stuff could be safer. Not necessarily. When it's done by an amateur, it could be very unsafe. Do you ever see a story, every, 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 about once a year or so, I'll read about a story where somebody bought a bug bomb and they thought, well, if one bug bomb is good, 10 are better, <laughs> and, you know, blew up their house in the, in the process. 
So you can be very dangerous with this stuff. But if you've got a persistent problem that's going on for a long time with that, I might turn it over to a Pest Control Pro. There are great products out there. There are a lot of baiting products out there today that basically you put down, the ants pick it up, and they take it back to their nest, and they pass it from insect to insect, and that wipes out the whole problem once and for all. Okay. Much okay, safer I'm, than, you know, I'm, trying to see a bunch of ants and spray them and see another bunch of ants and spray them and so on and so forth. Sure. Okay, that makes perfect sense to me. I All right, well, good luck with that, that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Pat in South Carolina needs some help cleaning the driveway. What can we do for you today? We have a truck that sits in the driveway, and there's rust. When it rains, the rust drips off from certain parts underneath onto the driveway. Okay. And we tried different things to get it off, but nothing has helped so far. And we were wondering if you had any ideas. Have you tried TSP, trisodium phosphate? It's available in the paint aisle of uh, home centers and hardware stores. Works really well. Uh, you mix it up into a bit like a paste and sort of trowel it on that stain, let it sit for a bit, and it should pull that rust stain right out of it. Okay. And you'll find it in the paint aisle of the home centers. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your help. That should lift the stain right out. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Danny in North Carolina needs some help refinishing a deck. What can we do for you? I have actually added a new deck to the back of my house, and it's got treated lumber on it. Uh, and want to paint the trim. Um, and I'm curious to know there's some new products out on the market, Valspar and. I guess Bayer has something called Premium Plus, so yes. kind of looking for some advice on whether that's a, a good product to save me some time, or if uh, I should kind of go the traditional route with an oil-based uh, oil primer and a latex paint. Well, I will say that I've used the primer and, and uh, paint in one, the Bayer product, the Bayer Premium Plus, and it was great. I mean, we, we were using an interior project, and the walls were really super dark, and it covered them in like one coat. Um, how about on, on treated lumber outside? Well, I've never used it there, and I would make sure that the product is rated for exterior use. And with treated lumber, is it newer lumber? Uh, yeah, it's well, it was done in, in November, so I've let it air out, dry out. All right, you know. so you've given it some time to cure. Yep, yep, exactly. Still pretty well. It's it's so it's been through one summer. Yeah, I think it should be okay. Yeah, no, it's good. And and yeah. autumn's a great time. You know, you it'll be nice and dry outside where things will really dry well. But I mean, again, you said this is for a deck, correct? And you want to put paint on it? Well, no, it's not on the floor. It's not on the deck flooring. It's on the uprights. Uh, you know, the okay. railing and the the upright uh, flats that keep kids from falling. Mm -hmm. then that should do very well to sort of hold up and wear well and protect the lumber itself. You know, if it was on a floor surface, I would say absolutely not go stain, solid stain, you know, all the time. It's just never going to hold up. But for a vertical surface, you should do great with that. Okay. All right. Well, I thank you very much. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Still ahead, what can you do to keep yourself and your home safe when the tornado sirens start going off or, for that matter, any type of severe weather emergency? We're going to find out when we hear from Simon Brewer, the Weather Channel meteorologist that does nothing but drives straight through those storms in his program, Storm Rider. We'll get Simon's tips next. The 
Money Pit is brought to you by Skills Complete Line of Routers with Soft Start Technology. You experience less kickback and better control. Pro features at a DIY price. That's what the Skill Routers are about. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And this has been a devastating year of storms and weather damage. Tornado after tornado has ripped through the country, tearing homes from their very foundations. So what can you do, though, to keep yourself and your home safe? Well, to find out, we turn to the experts. We are joined now by meteorologist Simon Brewer, and he is one of the storm chasers on the Weather Channel's hit show, Storm Riders. And he's been up close and personal with the storms that he likes to call beasts. And I, of course, call, I'm hiding under the couch and I'm petrified out of my mind. I can't even watch (laughs) the show. Welcome. Tornadoes freak me out. So how do you do this every day of your life? Well, uh, I've, I've been doing this for over 10 years now, and I'm just really been interested in weather and I studied weather so I know the dynamics that are going on in the atmosphere so I'm not really uh, afraid of what's going on in the atmosphere I just try to to go out and document these incredible extraordinary very devastating events and try not to get hurt when you see the show you think that you guys are just a couple of adrenaline junkies out there uh, truth be told though you are you are gaining valuable information and insight onto the behavior of these beasts that uh, can contribute to the knowledge base that's going to keep us all safe right Exactly. Uh, We can't learn everything from one storm. Uh, We learn a little bit from every storm. So uh, as as more information is compiled over the years, uh, taking all these different uh, large tornadic storms into consideration, we can really determine what is causing tornadoes to develop within a thunderstorm and eventually help to uh, predict them better. Mm-hmm. Now, Simon, generally, I mean, Tom and I both live in the Northeast, and generally that has been a tornado-free zone, and you kind of understood that there was an area Don't within the center. It. Don't I know. It's it. crazy, though, but <laughs> it, there's always been a central part of the U.S. that more prone to tornadic activity. However, we've seen them in the Northeast this past season. How do you know where they're more likely to strike and and how you can feel safe in choosing your location to live? Well, uh, you're not really safe anywhere in the country. Uh, tornadoes can occur anywhere. But a majority of the tornadoes occur east of the Rocky Mountains, and especially uh, a little bit uh, further west of, from the East Coast, um, like the Great Plains, the Midwest, the Southeast. But the Northeast has had their fair share of large tornadoes historically. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a big uh, tornado, an EF4, or actually an F4 back in uh I believe it was uh, maybe the, the 50s or the 40s that uh, it hit Worcester, Massachusetts and caused a significant amount of damage. And, of course, the Springfield, uh, Massachusetts tornado this year was pretty devastating. Mm-hmm. So the Northeast isn't out of the gun, uh, but a majority of tornadoes do occur east of the Rockies. We're talking to Simon Brewer. He is a meteorologist and storm chaser from the hit Weather Channel show, Storm Riders. Now, Simon, let's talk about something that I'm sure you know a lot about, how to stay safe in a storm. The average person uh, can do a fair number of dumb things if they were uh, caught in a tornado. For example, I've uh, heard that a lot of folks love to go to underpasses on roadways where they think they're going to have some shelter from above, but a tornado is strong enough to rip you right from the grass on that, correct? Well, uh, yeah, an overpass is not a safe place to go. Um, now, sometimes there's an overpass that has a 
large steel girders uh, on the underside that people could crawl under. And it's a little bit safer, I guess, but really it's not. Uh, a ditch is the safest place to go. It's better to get low. An overpass can actually funnel the winds of a tornado and intensify them. Now, what about inside the house? You know, the, the traditional advice is to get into the bathtub. Is that still the right thing to do? Um, it depends on where the bathtub's located. Uh, if it's located on the second floor of a home, then no. Uh, really, the safest thing <laughs> to do in, in a home is to get on the lowest floor in the home. Uh, if, it's, if you don't have a basement or cellar, uh, then uh, the hallway, a center hallway, or maybe a hallway closet or a bathroom that's towards the center of the house. And if you are in the bathroom, then uh, the bathtub wouldn't be a bad place to be. Getting in the center of a home is the, the safest place to be. And is there anything structurally you can do to your home, whether it's new construction or a retrofit, to sort of help it to withstand, you know, these potential winds we're talking about? And we're talking sometimes up to 200 miles an hour, correct? Uh, exactly. Uh, tornadoes can have uh, winds well over 200 miles an hour. And when they get that strong, they can pretty much uh, wipe the house clean uh, from the earth. So really, uh, to retrofit a home... Um, there's, there's these new uh, rooms called safe rooms that can be built. They're about the size of a closet, and uh, they're steel-reinforced concrete rooms. And they're relatively safe up until the, um, the most extreme tornadoes. But the most extreme tornadoes occur maybe once a year, and sometimes they don't hit towns. So the likelihood of getting hit by the most extreme tornadoes is, is very rare. Bolting a house to its Concrete foundation is also key to protecting a home from a majority of tornadoes, so the weaker tornadoes like EF2, uh, EF1 tornadoes, uh, because a lot of people's homes, even new homes, they might have a poured concrete foundation and they might actually have uh, uh, bolts coming up uh, through the, the studs in the walls, but they don't actually have, uh, they're not actually connecting the, the studs to the foundation. So that's uh, one thing that people can do to protect their homes. Well, good advice. Simon Brewer, the meteorologist and storm chaser from the hit weather channel program, Storm Riders. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit, and we will let you hit the road now once again on your way to uh, the next big storm that you need to cover. Thank you, Tom and Leslie. You're very welcome. If you would like to uh, check out this program, you can uh, view it on the weather.com website or go to stormgasm.com, S-T-O-R-G-A-S-M.com. All right, if you've got a college student, you need to be sending them back to school armed with tools. And we're not talking about algebra skills. We're talking about real tools for those home improvement projects that pop up at their home away from home. Coming up, we're going to have your back-to-school home improvement checklist, so stick around. The Money Pit is brought to you by Insincorator, instant hot or hot cool water dispensers. Delivering 200-degree hot or cool filtered water in an instant at the touch of a lever right at the kitchen sink. Perfect for homeowners looking to save time in the kitchen. For more information, please visit www.insincorator.com.
making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number to call is 888-MONEY-PIT. We are going to answer your home improvement or repair questions. We're going to even do more than that. We're going to give you the tools to get the job done. Because one caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a $250 gift certificate to Lumber Liquidators. In this case, the tool is Moolah. And Lumber Liquidators sells brand name flooring for less. They've got everything and they really can give you inexpensive pricing because they buy directly from the mill and cut out the middleman. So you really see the savings. There are more than 200 stores nationwide. Financing and installation are always available. To find a store near you, to order a sample pack, get a catalog, or shop online, visit LumberLiquidators.com. And, of course, you can call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT for your chance to win that $250 gift certificate. Well, back-to-school shopping is definitely amped up when college is the destination. And amid all of the linens, dorm decor, and study supplies, your student should probably have a trustworthy toolkit. So here are just a few of our recommendations for the dorm room DIYer. First, get the hand tools covered, hammers and screwdrivers. Uh, Everybody needs a hammer. Your student will no doubt encounter a shelving issue or need to hang something on the wall. And, of course, a combo pack of nails and perhaps screws to go along with it. Better than that, though, might be a good supply of the 3M Scotch Command adhesives. Have you seen these? They're fantastic. They stick to the wall. They hold a ton of weight, and you can release them. And uh, at the end of the school year, and they don't leave any damage. Mm-hmm. So other things to throw in the toolkit, an adjustable wrench is always handy when you have to put stuff together. Utility knife, a good utility scissor, um, all of those types of basic hand tools, good to uh, put into the toolkit to send off to school. Mm-hmm. If you want to throw a couple other things in there, you know, always useful is a tape measure. I mean, you never know. You're always measuring something, so you might as well have one around. WD-40 is really helpful. Electrical tape, duct tape. I mean, if your kid loses his wallet, they can make a new one right then and there out of duct tape. My and kid if you had go- a duct tape wallet for a long time. He loved really? it. Yeah. <laughs> I even saw just recently, like, a dad with some small kids pull out, like, a crazy multi-striped duct tape wallet at the 7-Eleven. It was probably a Father's Day gift. Oh, completely. I was like, oh. <laughs> Oh, that's really sweet. You know what else you really should consider sending your kids with to school is a GFCI protected surge protector. I mean, that is super important. You know, everything today is stored on computers, laptops, iPads. You know, think about it. Nothing's on paper. And if you get a good lightning storm, that could really fry a semester's worth of work. So just send one along. You'll be happy you did. Extension cords are great. You know, you've got a ton of electronics in there. Send them in a variety of lengths. And don't forget a flashlight. You never know. Power outages happen. And plus, it's good for all of those um, late night adventures on the campus that you know are going to happen. 888-666-3974. Call us right now with your next planned home improvement adventure. The number again, one eight 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 money pit Chris in New York has a question about refrigeration. What can we do for you today? Um, recently, I had um, tested my uh, house um, with an electromagnetic field detector, uh-huh. and most of my house was fine, but when I got to my refrigerator, it lit up with caution, mm-hmm. and I was wondering, is there either something I can do with my current refrigerator, or perhaps if I bought an, if I could purchase a, um, a newer one, would there be one with um, less waves being admitted? Well, was this tool used right up against the refrigerator itself? Um, it was pretty close. It wasn't like right in front of it, but was like maybe a foot or two away. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
all appliances are going to emit electromagnetic fields, but generally they drop off very, very rapidly uh, when you get a bit away from them. So, you know, I'm sure that if you use the device within six inches to a foot of a refrigerator, it's going to look like you have a huge field coming off it. But if you were to drop that off to, say, three or four feet, it's going to drop down to almost nothing. So I wouldn't get too worked up about that personally. Uh, I don't know that you can find an appliance that doesn't have one. Technology is always changing, but I do know that all appliances do have somewhat of a field. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the re only reason why I was really concerned was because it was there's three settings. There's safe, caution, and danger, and this just the refrigerator itself was hitting caution. Yeah, what kind of uh, what kind of an inspection was this that uh, tested EMF? Uh, actually, it was one that I bought myself. I had bought um, an ELF. Um, detector. Ah. In a, yep. Yeah. So well, that, that's you know what? I, I think as you move about your house, you're going to be surprised how many things actually emit electric magnetic fields. But uh, you know, again, if you're on top of it, it's going to be super high. When you drop off to sort of normal um, you know, distances away from appliances, it's going to drop down to very low. So unless you spend a lot of time hugging your refrigerator, I don't think <laughs> it's going to affect your health. Okay. All right. Thank you very just much. Just think about that. Every time you get hungry and you want to go for a snack, it's not safe. <laughs> You'll lose it's the weight. New it's, a, it's a new diet system, the EMF diet. Something good came out of it then. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if you've got a beautiful old house, chances are you've got beautiful old molding and could be faced with this question Is it better to remove the paint, to go through all of the work, to strip it away, or just tear out that molding and replace it with the new stuff? We'll help sort that question out after this. You live in a body pit. Body pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Bostitch. Professional quality hand tools, pneumatic and cordless nailers and staplers. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we would love if you would visit us on Facebook and like our page on Facebook. Why? Well, because you will be the first to find out when we've got cool giveaways uh, on the website, on the radio show. Plus, we answer a lot of questions right there on our Facebook page, which is approaching 10,000 fans. We're very happy about that. Glad that we can use Facebook to uh, bring so much information to you guys every single day. You can also get tips on your projects, ask your own questions, and post pictures of what you're doing in your house. Somebody posted a picture the other day of a home improvement project that went wrong. Mm -hmm. It was ugly. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? They got a lot of help. So that's what it's all about, uh, the Money Pit community on Facebook. And you know what? Everybody feels their pain. We've all been in yep. that situation. Been there, done that. It's good to know that you are not alone. And you know, while you're there, you can post a question. I've got one here from Peter in Brooklyn, New York, who writes, we just purchased an apartment. All right, good for you. The plaster walls and wood moldings in the bedroom have many layers of paint on them, which is cracking and peeling in lots of places. Should I use a paint stripper on the moldings? They're so covered with paint that they look clumpy, or would it just be cheaper and easier in the long run simply to remove the old and put on new? The old ones are nice, but not necessarily irreplaceable. Well, I mean, it really comes down to how much patience you have, how much time it's going to take. What I would suggest is this. I would uh, pick up a, a low-odor, environmentally friendly gel stripper. The strippers, fortunately, are getting a lot easier to work with. You might want to take a look at the line that's uh, sold by Rock Miracle. Mm -hmm. That's a very and good brand of stripper. And the gel stick while it's still up. 
Yeah, and that's right. So it's critical when gravity plays a factor mm-hmm. to use a gel stripper. And, you know, try to strip off a foot or two of the, of the molding. See how uh, easily or difficult the paint is to come off. Uh, if it comes off pretty easily, you can keep going. If, if not, you haven't really uh, lost but a bit of time. And then you can tear them out and, and start from scratch. It really comes down to trying out how uh, much of a project it is to remove that paint and then making a decision from there. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Peter, with that hipster movement in Brooklyn, you will be so proud if you are actually able to get that paint off yourself. So give it a whirl. Well, if you're planning to install a tile floor, there is a way to add a unique touch and some style. Leslie's got that tip in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something that really is usually on the bottom of the list. You know, we're talking about tile patterning and inlays. They're design options that are out there. If you look at a magazine, you see them, but maybe don't understand what goes into making that part of the design plan. So most homeowners don't even think about it. But it's one of the fastest ways to show your personal style and dramatically change the look of your room. Now, inlay, it can add color and pattern to your floor. And thanks to today's technology, professionals can produce very interesting intricate designs. So after selecting the design and the colors, they use a computer guidance system and actually cut individual pieces with high-pressure water jets. It's old world craft and 21st century technique. Now, if you want to create a simpler pattern on your own, such as a checkerboard or a herringbone, it is possible for skilled do-it-yourselfers to tackle that project. So to get started, never, never, never assume that your room is perfectly square. You always want to square it off from the center and begin the pattern along one edge and make sure that your floor is level. This way you'll avoid rough edges sticking up. And if you really sort of follow those guidelines and get creative, find inspiration in every magazine, every pamphlet that you leaf through wherever you are, and sort of start saving those tear sheets, you'll see a pattern emerging and realize what it is that you love. And then you can translate that into your own design. Remember, personality is key and you can really create a beautiful room. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next week on the program, trees are a staple in beautiful landscaping. But what happens when that beautiful tree starts uprooting your sidewalk or even your foundation? I've seen it happen before, and I'm going to give you the solution to save your house and your yard, your driveways, and your sidewalks by transplanting that tree. And we'll teach you how to do that on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.